Hey, it's Clark. Welcome back to the Paleo Hacks podcast. Excited for this week's show. We got Sarah Fergoso coming on to talk about the former everyday paleo. And the reason it's the former everyday paleo is because, well, we will get into that on this show. Before we get into this killer show, things you need to know, paleohacks.com, our full archives are over there. Head on over there, check it out. We also have a killer forum. If you have any questions in the paleo, diet, weight loss, health, cooking, uh, I don't even, sunbathing, whatever, post it in the forum over there. You get hundreds of responses instantaneously overnight. Be sure you're over there. And then social media is at paleohacks, okay? Um, Stick around at the end of this call, the very end, like uh, after 45 minutes, the show's done. I'm doing a special announcement, some things you need to know about at the end uh, regarding the show. But before that, if you want to get a hold of me, at Clark Dangerous, that's with an O-U-S on Facebook and Instagram, most active on there. Tweet me whatever you want. Um, Some other things we get into on the show are um, mindfulness, is that woo-woo or essential? Sarah's biggest change yet, and the reason... She walked away from one of the world's most popular paleo blogs in order to pursue passion and practical ways to increase your overall happiness, lower your stress, and really, really tactical um, tips with weight loss and the frustration that that can bring if you try to lose weight, but you gain it back, or maybe you just can't lose weight at all, or how frustrating that journey is and, and Sarah's advice to it. So if, if you've ever struggled with weight or you're maybe trying to transform your body but keep slipping up or something, this is a really must-listen-to show. But I digress. You ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go check out what Sarah has to say. Paleo Hackers with me this week. We got best-selling author of over six books, runs JS Strength and Conditioning back on the Paleo Hacks podcast, Sarah Fergoso. Hey, what's up? Hey, thanks for coming on. I'm excited. I, I We were talking before we started recording, trying to figure out the last time I was on, and like a hundred years ago. Yeah. And, oh my God, time goes way too fast. Yeah, I'm finally starting to grow facial hair now. I mean, time <laughs> is, is flying by. <laughs> I don't even want to know how old you are because I could probably, I don't even want to say be your mom because that's not possible, but... I, as I'm getting older, I start to feel that way. I'm like, God, yeah, this is not all right. I'm, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, I'm feeling that way too. Actually, I know, I know, like, oh, young guys feeling old. But I yeah. go to like, I work with middle schoolers, um, volunteering, and every time I show up there, I'm amazed by how big I thought I was in middle yeah. school, but how mm-hmm. small they really are. And uh, as you get older, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that perspective. But I still feel young so that's what matters yeah keeping your youth i am we're still young yeah whatever (laughs) so speaking of moms and talking a while ago it must have been two years when you were on the show and you you sent me over the deluxe cookbooks i think i got three of them um i got your italian your everyday paleo and then your family one and they're awesome Cool. And I don't use them because I brought them home in between college when I was staying at my mom's um, and she took them and she has used them and they're all covered in like cooking <laughs> grease and tomato splatter. 
and I can't awesome. get them back because she loves them, Sarah. <laughs> and we'll have to send you more. I, I totally can do that. That's Bonus awesome. I know, I've had people come to book signings and they're like, I'm so sorry. My book is a mess. Do you mind signing? I'm like, I would be offended if you brought me like this pristine, never touched book. It needs to have food and stuff all over it. That means right. you're using it. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> Well, that's great. I mean, you six books is not an easy feat. Um, yeah, it's a it's a passion. It's a challenge. It's a lot of organization for people who this is their first time hearing Sarah on the show. Um, how do you set up your story and how you got to being in the position of where you're cranking out cookbooks and mm-hmm. blogging and doing everything you do? What's what's your backstory like? Oh, God. Well, you know, I think like a lot of people in the health space, um, or at least people who, how do I word this? I don't know. I know I appreciate following people in the health world who've been there and who aren't, they aren't gurus. They're actually on their own journey and on their own path. And, and that's totally me. Like I, I came into the health world very unhealthy and, you know, met Rob Wolf at this chance meeting, um, years ago before he was famous, before paleo was really even on the map. And, at his little gym here in Chico when he first started totally helped me turn my health around and it I think it's very contagious and you still see it it's why when you google the word paleo there's a million different websites that come up people who are blogging about their own experiences and challenges and triumphs and recipes and stories and that's just really honestly where I started was just being super excited about the changes I made in my own life and you know, I was a, a new mom to not a new mom. I was an old mom <laughs> to my third baby, <laughs> my third child, but he was new. And, um, you know, finally got my health back on track, became a strength and conditioning coach and just had this fire lit. And, you know, when you're feeling really good, you feel invincible. Like, hey, I can do anything I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I got a book deal and that turned into another book deal. And then people were actually buying it. But, you know, I'm still learning because, yeah, I cranked out a, a lot of books in a short period of time, but it, it totally wore me out. And mm. um, and I've had to kind of reinvent myself again over the years. And so, you know, there's I'm not superwoman at all. And people will meet me and be like, how do you do it? I'm like, well, I don't I don't do it. <laughs> I, I tried to do it and it was great and I was successful, but I've had to really dial things back and reformat my life. And, you know, now my kids are older, so things are a little bit easier, but it's a journey. You know, yeah. it's totally a journey. Every day is different. So when you started blogging then with uh, Everyday Paleo mm-hmm. back in the day, did you have any goals or were you just doing it from a place of passion or what was your motivation? <laughs> oh my gosh, completely from a place of passion and a true desire just to help. And it was really for my clients at the gym because, you know, I'd have people come in and they'd be like, how do you not only feed yourself, but how are you feeding your family? So it really came just from this like um, this desire to be able to have some sort of platform that people could come to. And I was really just thinking local, like, okay, the people hmm. here in Chico, you know, I'm, I, I'm printing off recipes and trying to bring them into the gym. And Rob was, you know, starting to get some real big success with his blog and a friend of mine at the gym who knows computer stuff. He's like, Hey, I'll help you set this blog up. So I was like, what's a blog? I don't even know what a blog is. Okay. So it was really honestly just like this, this way for me to quickly put stuff down and put it out into the internet world so that friends that I knew people that clients that I knew could, could just see what I was doing. So it totally started from just a place of love and passion. And when did you realize this thing's catching on? Was there a, a moment? Yeah, I can't remember. It was just a few months into blogging, probably like four months. And 
my friend Dane, who helps me run the, run the website and still does, he's like, the reason I can even do this, he emailed me and he was like, Sarah, you had 30,000 visitors come to your website this month. And for people who've been blogging a long time or maybe a short time or maybe they're super famous, that doesn't seem like a big number. But eight years ago, for me, 30,000 visitors was like, I'm like, who are these people? And I was starting to all of a sudden get comments from people I didn't know. And it was just this real grassroots organic thing where people were looking for information from another mom, from a woman, from a female perspective, because there wasn't really any other females blogging about paleo or, you know, feeding, feeding their kids real food. And at the time I was crossfitting. So crossfit and like this combination was really new. So I guess people were starting to Google search for that sort of thing. And I was the only thing coming up. So I, I guess some of it was luck, you know, it's, I was there. People were receptive and it it just kind of took off. Well, it's real, too. I mean, people love authenticity and I was reading your stuff and you don't try and write like some clever, crafted, (laughs) uh, well formatted English. You know, I mean, no offense. This is the beauty (laughs) of it. it. You're writing. It sucks, Sarah. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a horrible writer. It's awful. The white people like to read it. <laughs> a few workshops. Maybe you'll get there. That's the reason you put cookbooks out and not literature. No. Right. <laughs> Burn. Yeah, too far. You know what? The good news is, is I can totally take it all in stride. I have three boys and they are constantly ripping on me. It's like, that's their love. So I get it. I know you just love me. I know. That's true. Deep down. <laughs> But it was good. I was reading it and it's very authentic and real. And I think there's like a sub lesson in there because a lot of people who listen to this show have thought about doing their own blog and they're passionate yeah. about food and they just don't know how to start. And I think um, I've gotten a few emails from people who are so nervous about starting and that they have to have yes. everything right and perfect and well formatted. And they don't realize maybe that that perfection is resistance and that the real work is just doing it and taking the first step. Oh, man, that is such a ball and chain for people who have things they want to share. And, you know, the where I am now, I I need to keep doing this because I love it, because I'm still just as passionate right now as I was when I started this blog or blogging eight years ago. And if I if I don't feel that fire in my belly and I feel like I'm just trying to give my readers what they want rather than giving them what comes from my heart and from my soul, then it, it turns into a job. And yeah. I don't want this to ever be a, a job. I mean, I'm okay with it being my career now. Uh, you know, it took me a long time to be okay even making money doing this because I felt bad. I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't pay for what I do. And I still give away a lot for free because it's, it's what I, it is what I love and it has to keep feeling that way and it has to be authentic, which is why, you know, when I'm writing my recent posts, I'm not like, you need to do this. It's more like, here is my life. These are my experiences. Here's how I'm learning and growing and I just want to share it. So it's, yeah. it feels good, you know? So with Everyday Paleo, eight years, six books, yeah. super successful, but I know you kind of had a big shift we were emailing <laughs> about and, uh. What was that big shift? You know, um, just it goes back to what I just said. I a couple years ago started SarahFragoso.com because I felt like I needed to have an outlet where I could just write passionately about whatever. You know, I not just do I make yummy food and write cookbooks, but I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I own a gym. I'm I'm homeschooling my boys. I travel. Um, I'm really working on my own self right now. I'm you know dabbling a lot into meditation and, um, 
just things that make me happy and figuring out who I am now that my kids are older, et cetera. And so I started that blog so I could have that that outlet to share. And then I still had everyday paleo. And I love paleo. Paleo is a great jumping off point. It's an awesome foundation, but I'm, I'm a lot more than what that word describes at this point. And I also have a desire to reach outside of the paleo community. And I feel like most of the paleo community at large is familiar with my work and who I am. And that's awesome. But you know, there's so much more that I want to do. So here I was trying to manage both of these things. And everyday paleo is a brand and it's a, its own beast and it's been great. But I mean, I had to really just make this, this important decision just for my own mental health and my physical health that I need to just pick one. Like I can't, Hmm. I can't do both. And so Dane moved everything over that I've ever published from everyday paleo to sarahfragoso.com. So everything is still there. All my recipes, all the content, any guest bloggers, their stuff has been delivered back to them. So you won't find anyone else's work on sarahfragoso.com, just my own. And that's not for any reason, except for that. It, it is, it's just me. It's not everyday paleo. It's just me. So everyday paleo is not there anymore. And you can type that into your web address and it will go to sarahfragoso.com. But it just feels right. And whether it is right, I don't know, but I feel like it's given me more energy and desire and drive to continue doing what I'm doing. So I hope to reach a broader audience, to be honest. So that's where that change came from. Yeah. It's almost like feeling boxed into something, feeling like defined by one thing. Mm-hmm. And it can get kind of uh, claustrophobic in that box. Yeah. And maybe what you're feeling is like, hey, I got so many other things that I feel like I can't talk about because everyone wants this one trick pony act. Like everyone wants the food and the uh, CrossFit, but right. I got all these other components like parenting and I, I want yes. an outlet for it. Yeah, I, for sure. And, you know, there's so there's so many uh issues that women especially are facing, you know, and it's sometimes those issues aren't fixed with just food. And I want to explore that too. You know, I really just want to dive into, you know, a lot of areas that I feel like are being neglected or overlooked. Um, and I think that I have a platform to do that and it feels really good and exciting. And, you know, I got a comment yesterday on my blog, which is cracking me up because I'm like, this is why this is part of why I made this change too. And you know, um I I eat what looks like an ancestral health diet. Like, you know, I pretty much I'm not denouncing paleo and eating whole wheat bread. You know, that's I know yeah. what I can eat that doesn't hurt my body. And so I put up this really great recipe and it had some goat cheese on it and this commenter was like it all caps cheese is not paleo and I'm like bingo. <laughs> Reason number 900, I switched to just sarahfragoso.com. It's like, I need to get out of those confines. And um, sure, cheese is a paleo, but I eat cheese every now and then. And I want you to do what you need to do too. You know, so it's, it's, it's very liberating for sure. Yeah. Goat cheese is awesome, man. I know. What the heck? They're missing out. (laughs) And I get it. Some people can't eat cheese and I totally support that. And I want people to know that that's who they are and if they have an autoimmune disease or whatever you know it's like yeah don't eat it but um there's just so much more yeah to health than that (laughs) so uh talking about other things i was looking over the sarah blog and um 30 things i learned in 30s that was a great post i really like 39 things i learned in my third yes yeah or yes something like that (laughs) uh can you talk a little bit about that 
Yes, I'm. I'm going to pull that up right now. Yeah, you know what? That was <laughs> recite such a, all 39 for me, please. Oh God, really? No, you don't want that. No, you know what? That was such a fun post, right? And um, I'm in the the last year of my 30s. I will be 40 in, in 2017, and I just feel like um, as I get older, I. I get better. And that's my goal. You know, I don't, I don't want to stay stagnant. I don't want to, um, be in a place where I'm like unwilling to learn or grow or explore more of who I am. And I'm really figuring out, like, I feel like I know who I am now and I can own it in such a more profound way than I could in my twenties. You know, you, you lose a lot of your insecurities as you get older and Hmm. tend to, to care less about others' perspectives and judgments and more about, I think the imprint that you're going to leave on this world and on your children. And so that's what that was about. It was a very introspective blog post about me just really looking within and wanting to share that with people. So so the insecurities in your 20s, they start going away in your 30s. Um, like what was an example? Do you have any that you're no longer care about in your 30s that have gotten better? Because I know a lot of people have some big uh, insecurities out there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think that that's not like a golden rule for everybody, but it definitely has been for me. You know, I, and it, it comes with practice and it comes with, you know, doing a lot of self-examination and being okay with where you are right now. Because, you know, I've been, I've been through a lot. I've experienced a lot. We all have. You know, not everyone has a perfect life. And, and you know, I think a lot of people decide at some point that their poor life experiences or their unfortunate life experiences define them rather than give them ammunition to be better or, or to grow or to help shake off the the judgment or the insecurities that they might have. And for me, it's really about just owning who I am and being 100% okay with that and trusting that, you know, I'm on a path for a reason. And, you know, it's, it's just okay. And I want other people to feel that way too, that you know, I could die tomorrow and I want to really just be okay with who I am right now because there's some things that I have control over and that I can change and some things that I can't. So that's, you know, that's true for everyone. And walking around with this, you know, shadow of, of doubt or wishing it was somehow different or that, you know, whether it's an aesthetic thing or an emotional thing, I just want to be happy, you know, and I think that's yeah. what everybody wants. And so that's, I think, where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, when you were talking about you know, insecurities and uh, judgments. That was the word. I I really relate to that because for the longest time, probably in my, you know, 18, early 20s, I was walking around with kind of that paleo label. And it really uh, did a number on me because every time I would see something that wasn't paleo, I'd be like, ooh, that's tempting. I want to go for that. And Mm -hmm. so it was this weird mind game on myself where because I defined myself that certain way, and saw ice cream Ben and Jerry's as what I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. I wanted to eat it more. And so it was really like binge eating and unhealthy. And recently I've tried to get out of that box and tried to be more forgiving and more accepting and not judge myself as much if I slip up here and there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice I eat those foods a lot less just naturally. Sure. It's this weird psychological thing that when you judge yourself less, almost all those other behaviors that you were judging yourself for kind of get better or at least reduce. Absolutely. I mean, we are, we are 
our own worst credit critics and we're so good at beating ourselves up rather than just saying, okay, that was a choice that I made. Let's move on and do the next best thing that we can do for ourselves. And, you know, we get really caught up in that vicious cycle and there's a lot of emotionality tied to our decision making. And, you know, we don't always make great decisions. I mess up every day. I, every single day I, I screw up, you know, I, got mad at my kids before I left and raised my voice. And I felt bad about that. So I could let that define the rest of my day. What that usually looks like when I hammer myself with guilt on my parenting is I continue to be a bad parent. And instead, send my send my son a text message and say, hey, I'm sorry I raised my voice. You guys are awesome. Let's move on and have a great day. So it's not just food. It's like however we behave, yeah. we tend to get wrapped up into it instead of just letting it go and moving on. And so, yeah, we judge ourselves and we feel like people are judging us and it's hard to live outside of our heads and just be more heart centered instead of always in here, just going, Oh my God, what have I done? What am I going to do? What should, should I do? Right. And just, you know, let your heart kind of lead you more. I think you make better decisions that way. That's a really good point. Um, I, I remember when you were saying that like this, I forget the author who was talking about that your whole day, your whole decisions are like a score clock and it's plus one or minus one and every single time you're doing something that you uh, like yelling at your kids or maybe cutting someone off in traffic that's minus one minus one minus one but at any time you can start doing the pluses that take you closer uh to the person you want to be or the day you want to have and that takes away from the negative ones and so (laughs) all you got to do is start like doing the more of the positive stuff right it'll it'll balance out and get you in that direction but it's so easy when we're in that spiral, this shame spiral or judgment spiral to just be like, totally. yeah, that person cut me off. So now people are assholes and people are yes. assholes. So I'm going to treat them like they are. And then right. just negative, negative, negative. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids the same philosophy. It's like really what you put out there is what you're going to get back. And and I see it every day, you know, with my own actions and other people's actions. And, you know, you know, those people that walk into a room and just fill it with bright light and you're like, oh, my God, I want to be with that person or next to that person or hear what that person has to say. And those are people who have kind of reached that place in their life where they're like, hey, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm going to make bad choices, but ultimately I'm going to be okay. And that's so attractive and beautiful and real. And that's what I I want. I want to be that person. I want my kids to be that person. And because it's so much about choice too, you know, we can choose to be miserable. We can choose to shake it off and move on. I mean, we need to own our emotions and it's okay to be angry and upset and cry and all of that stuff. But I really honestly feel like, you know, happiness has so much to do with just our perspective on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, happiness is not like a constant state, but it's how often during the day we can hold on to it is, Hmm. you know, I think a really beautiful thing. So do you do anything then? Do you have any practices or health hacks or anything in general to like get more of those states consistently, frequently? Yeah. You know, I have for ever been like, everybody should meditate. You have to meditate. And then I just totally have sucked at meditating. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really actually honoring that practice and doing that now. And so every day I take time, I take time for myself and I am really focusing on just being more mindful. And I cannot even begin to explain how drastically that has changed just my life and my perspective. And, you know, just being more mindful in general equates to being happier because 
you can, you know, step back and be more observant rather than so sucked into the madness because our lives are crazy. I mean, everybody that I know is overscheduled, overworked, overstressed, you know, undermanaged, yeah. overwhelmed. It's just, you know, it's busy, busy, nuts. busy. Yeah. And yeah. we, we get spun out of control on a daily basis and that just affects so many aspects of our health. So for me, I think if I were going to give anybody one hack, it's like, you need to take a minute. Just come on, people, please, five minutes. Sit down and just breathe. And I've noticed throughout the day I take deeper breaths more. Instead of flipping out, I'll just pause for a moment and do a big inhale and a big exhale. And it's just, it does. It makes me happier overall. How did you go from the person who sucked at meditating, right? Because that's where I'm at. I'm terrible. Yeah. Know it. Know all the benefits. Great at it. But holding yourself accountable, it's one of the hardest things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did you hold yourself accountable? Like what changed? Did you try anything new? Well, you know, I think for me it was, it was definitely having a plan to hold myself accountable. So I, I started a meditation challenge with a friend and I am, you know, I'm competitive with myself anyway, competitive by nature. Um, and it was kind of like this forced application, like, all right, well, if I don't do it, then she's going to find out and then I'm going to feel bad. So, was there any money involved? No, no money, <laughs> no money involved. It was just more like holding each other accountable. So that that was kind of the catalyst. And I went to a workshop, actually, which was really okay. cool and kind of far out. And, yeah. um, do you know, the Tut guys, Andy and Mike Dooley. No, I oh, don't. Oh, is the notes from the universe? No, no, no. Sorry. All right. Well, y'all got to look them up. And I've been subscribing to notes from the universe, tut.com for a long time, which has helped with my mindfulness. But I went to one of his workshops where he really hammered in just some key points again that I already know. But, you know, when you hear it again, it's like, okay, this is so important. So I started a 30 day meditation challenge and I haven't looked back. It's like I was meditating, but very sporadically and, you know, kind of like, oh, well, I was in my car and I took a few deep breaths and so blah, done. So this it was just really this. Um. You know, it's like anything else. When you start to eat better and healthier and you realize how much better you feel, it's like, oh, I don't want to stop doing this. It's the same thing with meditation. So do you, uh, what's like your meditation, what's a sample, I almost said workout, look like? Um, (laughs) Okay, good question. So I I love using guided meditations. Yeah. Holding up my phone. And for a lot of people, you'll hear some people say, oh, no, don't do that. That's not real meditation. Well, I think that's crap. Uh, If you are being focused and mindful and sitting still and focusing on your breath for any period of time, you are meditating. And it is way better than not doing it at all. So I'm the kind of person who cannot get out of her own head very easily. And like I said, it's something I'm really working on. So I use the Calm app. And I've tried several of them. It's one of my favorite ones. And I have a little alarm set on my phone. So in the morning, I shut my door. If the kids are awake, I let them know. I tell them what I'm doing. I don't, I don't say, don't bug mommy, I'm getting ready. I'm like, I'm gonna go meditate and I need my 10 minutes and I will be a better mom when I'm done. And I sit on my bed in the lotus position and I freaking meditate. It is a beautiful way to start your day. <laughs> and then at night, I actually use the Calm app to help my eight-year-old go to sleep. And so he loves it. I get in another 10, 15 minutes of meditation. Sometimes I fall asleep too and then I have to drag myself to my own bed. But, you know, so it's like at least twice a day, I'm just checking out for a little bit. And it's we all have time to do it. You know, you yeah. just have to carve it out. Yeah, 10 minutes is not... Um, unrealistic like I was thinking about that the other day with like exercise even and I did a yeah. sprint workout that took 
10, 15 minutes. And I, I thought to myself, if I really wanted to, every single day, I could probably do 10 to 15 minutes of a workout. But why don't I do it? Because I think it has to be an hour. Or I right. think it has to be at the gym that takes 15 minutes to get there, back, shower, clothes, exactly. all that. So with meditating, I think a lot of the resistance comes down when people think it has to be this like ultra spiritual one and a half hour Tibetan bowl, orange <laughs> robe, shave your head in a Himalayan cliff. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, it could really be really awesome. unrealistic. <laughs> okay. Cal- Calm is the app you like? Calm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And there's a lot of good ones out there. And, you know, some people like Headspace and some people like Breathe. And it you got to explore and figure out the one that works best for you. And if you can meditate without any sort of help, great. But I know I am not a Tibetan monk yeah. sitting on top of a mountain. And so I need all the help I can get. So I say go for it. Get the help. So what about any other like health or wellness practices that you've experimented with? Um, anything come to mind that you're gung-ho about recently? Yeah, you know, I think just being really in tune with with my body and that's hard for people to do. And I feel like a lot of, you know, gurus will say that like, oh, just practice mindful eating and whatever your body needs, give it. It, Well, no, it doesn't start like that. I think it's really a a practice thing. It's a learned thing where you have to kind of get to a place where you you are healthy so you can be more in tune with your body. And so, you know, and I'm not talking about, oh, if my body wants donuts, I eat donuts. And that's not at all. It's more about like saying no to things that maybe before I used to say yes to or when I'm in the gym, I don't go 200% when I maybe only got seven hours of sleep the night before. And it's really just managing being a mom of three and uh, knowing who I am and what my limitations are. I've stopped setting goals that look like my next PR, which to some people sounds crazy and you don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to set a PR goal, great. But for me, I would set this grandiose goal for myself and then just wreck myself trying to get there because Hmm. my life is freaking crazy and I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like and I'm being pulled in a million different directions. So I really am trying to just stay on top of just being okay, like all the time. I don't, I don't want to crash and burn again. I don't want to be exhausted. Hmm. So I just try to stay one step ahead. So I think for your listeners, the hack I would, I would try to express to them is just be mindful, not just about your food, but also about everything else that you're experiencing. And there's no benefit to wrecking yourself further by, you know, if you messed up by paleoing harder or by working out harder when maybe what you're really needing to do is dial it back. Hmm. And then when you're in a place where it's appropriate, then you can go hard, you know, then you can, you know, do that, those sprints at the gym or, you know, lift heavier that day or whatever it might be. So it's just about finding the flow that fits with your life and being really just honoring that, you know, respecting that. Yeah. It's kind of like that double-edged sword is what I'm hearing about goals that they're great because they get you moving towards something. But the other side is that that ambition can cause a lot of discontentment or anxiety or trying yes. to burn the candle twice as big. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people with this whole health movement, they're like trying to kill themselves to be healthy. 
you know, and it's, it's not about that. It should be about longevity because none of us are getting younger. We're only getting older. And, you Mm, know, I I want to be better when I'm 50 and better when I'm 60 and not crippled, you know, not, Oh God, I worked so hard that, um, and didn't listen to what my body was trying to tell me that now I I can't, my joints don't work and I'm exhausted all the time. So, you know, I think it's just perspective again. That's really important. Diets never work. Food is not the enemy. That was a great one. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off your uh, 30 things you learned mm-hmm. or 39 things you learned. In I live 30s. by that, man. I just I have to. You know, it's it's really hard to change that perspective because when you first start anything that's great, it becomes like this driving force, like you were saying. And then you feel really bad when you slip up and I think, you know, another article I wrote where eat food that doesn't hurt your body, it's kind of the same sort of idea, you know, don't hurt your body anymore and figure out what that looks like for all things, you know? Yeah. Um, So when someone's out there, maybe they're struggling with like dieting or they're overweight and they're feeling like I want to love my body, but I'm not content with where it's at now or they have those goals. How do they reach their goals without killing themselves over it? Do you have any advice? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you really have to be okay with where you are right now. And like I said earlier, you know, I tell my clients all the time, if you could change one thing about your life right now, what would it be? And it can't be I'm going to be skinnier, wealthier, you know, whatever. It has to be something really, um, really important. You know, what would that what would that thing be? And most people say I would be happier. So Hmm. that's something you can change right now. You know, you can change that at this very moment, whether you're 200 pounds overweight or whether you want to get to a 300 pound deadlift, that's, that's real change and real shift where most people really just focus on this future goal that they think is attainable, but maybe it's not, you know, maybe you're not ever going to get there. I, of course, I'm not saying that fat loss is impossible. I coach people to lose, lose weight and lose fat every day. And it's absolutely a feasible goal, but you have to 100% love who you are in the process. And I think most importantly, you need to respect who you are because there's a lot of this love yourself, love yourself, love yourself going around, but we don't respect ourselves enough to even get to that self-love because we, we are great at beating ourselves up. So hmm. I think just starting where you are and then trying to change the things that are most crucial to change rather than trying to change everything tomorrow. And when you get a little taste of success, it's easier to move on to the next thing. And then the next thing. I'm curious, what did those people you were coaching with that maybe, because I'm sure people came to you that tried everything and they were really upset with the weight they had and feeling mm-hmm. negative and down. And I feel like there's people out there listening to the call who have maybe tried dieting 50 times, 60 times, or tried everything mm-hmm. and they're frustrated because nothing seems to work. What did you do with them that did work? Like, how did you get them past that frustration? Yeah, well, you know, I, it really depends on the person and examining everything that they've done to themselves over the years. It, you know, for people to be successful, it really, a lot of the contributing factors are how many times have you lost and gained the same 20 pounds? Because without metabolic flexibility, you're going to have a harder time losing fat. And so helping people understand that they have to be healthy first before the fat loss is going to happen. And you can't, 
you can't, Hmm. you know, you can't really just start losing weight overnight if other things are broken. So, you know, just taking smaller steps to get to where they need to be and focusing first on lifestyle stuff. Are you sleeping? Are you meditating? Are you taking time out to do things for yourself? Are you walking? You know, what, what are you doing besides just focusing on the fact that you have weight to lose? You know, what else is there? And for women, especially, there's a lot of other other underlying factors that are keeping them from losing weight that no one tells them about or talks to them about. You know, maybe they have a thyroid condition, maybe they have adrenal fatigue, maybe they have PCOS or Hashimoto's or some other underlying really serious hormonal issue that's keeping them from losing weight. Maybe they're going through menopause and their sex hormones are all out of whack and they've got zero estrogen or too much progesterone. And, you know, I am not a functional medicine practitioner, but I refer people to them all the time because that can be a huge factor that nobody talks about. Like, you know, I was doing paleo and then I paleoed harder and then I cut out all my carbs and I'm still not losing weight. Well, maybe your thyroid's wrecked. Like, let's look at the bigger picture. So, you know, I wish I could say there's always been like that one thing I've said to a client that's like flipped that switch. Right. But I really am a huge advocate of examining further and not just saying, oh, well, you're just not doing it right. You know, there's a lot yeah. of diets out there where the, the creator of the diet will just say, well, you're not successful because you're not doing this hard enough or right enough or extreme enough. And that makes you feel like a failure. It's horrible. I like the lifestyle components that you were hitting on too. Like there's a lot of things beyond just what you eat and what you exercise <sighs> yeah. that contribute to your health. Like what we talked about for 30, 40 minutes on this first right. call, like all of that stuff is a part of losing the weight. It is because right. that's going to help you lose the weight. And maybe the weight will even be like a sub factor if you did all that stuff. Totally, totally. And sometimes it's, it is as easy as, oh my God, you only sleep five hours a night and your food is perfect and your exercise is smart. Well, yeah, we need to get your sleep under control. And then sometimes that's the determining factor and not always, hmm. but you know, yeah. Just looking at the bigger picture is so important because, you know, mainstream media bangs it into our brains that it's exercise and food, exercise and food, exercise and food. But it's not just those two two factors at all. Yeah. High heels to wear or not to wear, Sarah? <laughs> you know, um, like what I said in my post is... I will rock them, but not on a continual basis. <laughs> it's definitely like a once every couple of months thing for me. And, yeah. you know, I feel hot in high heels or not. So that's all that matters. And I'm owning my shortness. I'm only five, two and a half. So, you know, it's it's good. It's a good thing. But bare feet. Bare yeah. feet are awesome. I go barefoot a lot. You know, yeah. you don't CrossFit in your high heels. I don't CrossFit at all, actually, and <laughs> definitely not in my high heels. <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> not got it. Got it. Any videos with high heels on doing doing any sort of crazy weightlifting? <laughs> oh, well. A uh, couple closing questions. This one flew by. This is a great, uh, great little episode here. But we do have some closers. Okay. Can't let you leave without answering these. Um, the first is looking back on this past year. What's mm -hmm. been the biggest lesson you have learned so far? Oh, man, I think letting go has been the biggest lesson for me. And um, I am really good at telling people all sorts of great stuff. And I know I've got good perspective. And like I said, I don't try to tell people what to do. I try to help people understand themselves better. And I'm really making this like the year of Sarah. Like I'm really trying to understand myself better. So I'm just, I'm letting go and I'm kind of letting my path become clear for me instead of trying to be so driven. Cause I'm very, very driven. I'm very type A and I, I 
get a book deal and I write five, you know, and instead yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to put it all out there and whatever happens is supposed to happen and I'm going to trust the process and it is the most freeing feeling. You know, I just wrote a blog post, fall the F in, um, and I am, I'm going to fall and I'm going to embrace the fall and it might be messy, but whatever happens, I'm going to be okay with it. And, and that's, that's what my last year has brought to me. Yeah. That was the record for the fastest turnaround on that question. Normally people. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other one is talking to yourself in your twenties. What advice do you give her? Uh, anything different than those 30 things and you learned in your 39s or did we pretty much cover that? Man. So if I was talking to myself in my twenties or anyone Mm -hmm. in their twenties, no, you, 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 Oh, you know, I would probably, um, tell myself, I would tell myself to, you know, love myself more for sure. Be uh, more in the moment with my kids because my kids were all little when I was in my twenties and now they're all big. So just be more in the moment. And, um, you know, I, I would have hugged my mom a lot more. I would have been with her, you know, been closer to her a lot more because I lost my mom in my late twenties. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's big for everyone in their twenties. You know, if you have a good relationship with your parents, you know, cultivate that because, you know, that's when, things start to switch and you can become really good friends with the people that raised you. And, yeah. you know, I would have learned more from her cause there's still questions I needed to ask, you know, and I'm like, crap, I should have asked her that. So, yeah. you know, yeah. th- things we don't think about when we feel still invincible and young and, and like everyone's going to live forever. Sure. So. Sure. Okay. So you're stranded on a desert Island. Uh, you get one book or resource to bring. What do you choose? Oh my God. Oh, that's really hard. One book. Oh, there's so many. See, the first question was so much easier. You can't say um, Kindle either. I know. I was just going to say, can I bring my Kindle? Because I've got lots of books on there. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. One book. One resource. Or resource, yeah. Could it be a person? <laughs> we'll let you go with the person. I don't know who that would be. You know, maybe... Um, yeah, I couldn't pick a person because then someone would be like, you didn't pick me. You suck. <laughs> or like your favorite book that you give out a lot. Uh, okay. Um, maybe, uh, I, okay, there's this book that I love that was kind of life-changing for me. And it was really, maybe people, people will think it's dorky, but it's by Mabel Katz. And it's called um, The Easiest Way. And hmm. I refer back to it. It's a super easy read. And it, it kind of was... Uh, the jumping off point for me in my mindfulness journey. And um, it's a book that you can read over and over and over again, because it's just a message of like this practice of Ho'oponopono, and I can't say it right. It's a Hawaiian uh, mindfulness thing. Mm-hmm. And and she has built her career based on this practice. And it's I'm kind of a person who like draws from a bunch of different philosophies. And I have this toolkit of things that I use that help me be a better person. And this was like the jumping off point for me. And I recommend this book to a lot of people. And I think that would be the one. So I could just go back to that and just be like, it's all going to be all right. Awesome. It's all gonna be okay. Awesome. Okay. That was a hard question, Clark. Jeez. Yeah. The, e- <laughs> the easiest way. That's the book. It's called The Easiest Way by Mabel Katz. Normally I send these questions, the closing ones ahead of time so people can think about them. But I wanted to catch Sarah off guard. Oh, God, you did. I had an evil plan. <laughs> evil plan. <laughs> awesome, Sarah. Well, uh, SarahForGrosso.com is the best place to find you, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And you're still cranking out a podcast or... Yes, I am. I I don't know when our podcast is going to Probably air. Probably a couple months. Oh yeah. 
Okay, yeah. well then definitely. Yes, so I'm doing the podcast that you can find is called Better Every Day with Sarah and Dr. Brooke. Okay. And um, since this is going to be a couple months down the road that this airs, it will have already been up. So okay. check us out. We're talking about all things health, wellness, you know, motherhood, uh, hormonal issues. And we're going to have guests on and tons of, you know, taking readers' questions. It's going to be phenomenal. So, yes, check that out. Better, better Every Day. Better Every Day? Yep, with Sarah and Dr. Brooke. Okay, awesome. And um, you probably haven't started that. Normally I ask, what's an episode for people to start on? But they'll... Well, we have. We've recorded, oh, I think, four. We just haven't posted them yet. But by the time this podcast airs, there'll be plenty of them up. So Any would you would started... recommend? I would say start at the very beginning. You know, the first one kind of lays the foundation for what we're going to be discussing and talking about. And then we do have an episode on stress, which I think is huge because that is like this underlying factor for all of us. And we try really hard to manage our stress to the point where to, to where the, it's stressful, you know. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of talk about some hacks and ways to get around that. And, and uh, I think it's a good one for everybody to listen to. Sarah, that was an absolute fun show. You crushed it. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Anytime, you're welcome back. We're happy to have you. Thank you. It was fun as always. Till next time. All right. See ya. Okay, there you go. Sarah Fergoso. It rhymes. Definitely makes my top 20 show. I loved speaking with Sarah. She's got a lot of energy and she can take a joke, joke around, good sense of humor which is always fun. Uh, What else do we got for announcements? PaleoHacks.com. Of course, our form, recipes, and archives over there. Thank you to those of you who have left reviews and ratings on the iTunes page. Takes three minutes, helps the show out a ton. Just your honest feedback on our iTunes page. Um, Moving forward, a lot of you for the announcement I mentioned earlier. uh, Moving forward, you know, this PaleoHacks show has been going for three years now going on four almost. We've done over 100 episodes, interviewed some of the best experts in the world about nutrition, exercise, health, wellness. And um, I started working with Paleo Hacks when I was 19 years old in in my college dorm room, sitting there talking to world experts about health and nutrition while I was getting a degree in exercise science. I mean, it was a trip. And that was that was an internship that turned into a a job, and we've produced this show now for three plus years. Again, hundred episodes, the whole nine. Well, moving forward, we've both decided together that it's time for a change. We are no longer going to be producing the Pillar Axe podcast. I think we have shows booked until October, but after that, no more. And that has nothing to do with me quitting or them firing me. There's no bad blood whatsoever. We've just both decided to part our different ways and focus on other things. And it feels good for both of us. And um, never fear, the shows will remain up. We have over 100 of them. So if you want to continue listening to one a week, you could redo our entire archive in two years. So you could have a show a week every two years. And um, I'm still going to be doing a lot of things online content-wise. If you follow me at Clark Dangerous, you can keep up to date on that. Or shoot me an email, Clark at ClarkDanger.com. And uh, that's probably the best way to keep in touch, honestly. But thank you so much. If you're listening right now, it means you have supported us over the past three years, especially if you're at the end right now. Um, Really does mean a lot. I don't take it for granted at all. And you guys have made 
this show an awesome, amazing experience. And I've loved every second of producing it for you. I really have. So thank you. And I will see you back here next week. Let me pull up the schedule just so you know. Okay, so we had Lear Keith on on August 5th. We had Kayla T. Daniel last week. This week was Sarah Fergoso. Next week, we got Josh Weissman to talk about Slim Palette, I believe, and losing 100 pounds. The week after that, we got Dan. Um, I just list him as park, the park. The parkour guy, because he's talking about parkour and uh, UK. Really fascinating show about functional movement and jumping off buildings and doing stunts and movies and all that. And then I believe we have Abel James to wrap it up, coming on to talk about his experience being on the big screen television on ABC. So, really fun shows booked. I'm stoked. Anyway, I will see you next week for next week's show.